New Thought Media Network. We are a global broadcast network of positive music, media, and entertainment. Inspiring humanity's evolution along the journey of enlightenment and creating a world of love, peace, empowerment, and prosperity for all. New Thought Media Network. Positively inspiring. Hello again, dear ones, Dr. Robert with you here on a Friday evening. It's five o'clock on the Mountain Time Zone, and that means it is time for the good news. That weekly look at the good news stories that have made their way across my desk, and I believe will support every one of us in remembering that we really are creating a world that works for all, no matter the appearances. Starting off our broadcast this evening, please know that our hearts and prayers here at New Thought Media Network are everyone in the Lewiston, Maine area, all those that are affected by the not-so-good news that has happened there uh, in the last day or so. But on to the good news! Let's go to the good news emerging from a different tragedy, Builders in Maui have started to construct tiny homes specifically for a uh, for a man's uh, family. Uh, William Fincher was the owner of two restaurants in the historic Maui town of Lahaina. Unfortunately, his home and both his restaurants burned to the ground in the August tragedy. Uh, now, what has happened is a number of locals have stepped up to help Mr. Fincher rebuild his his uh not just his not his restaurants but to build homes for his family javier barberi who's a good friend of the finchers uh donated some land and they got together with some other friends to start building a tiny home now what happened is uh this not only uh started to build a land uh, a home for mr fincher uh, but they realized this would be a great idea for more of the people of Lahaina. They're saying, "quote What started as a few guys coming together to support their neighbors in fin- uh, their neighbor Fincher has turned into a bold grassroots effort to raise money to build small, long-term homes for displaced residents and pay locals who lost their jobs in the fires to do it." A, no- a local construction firm is providing the -the on-the-job training, and they're raising money on GoFundMe. So far, they've raised $13,000. They've set a goal of $100,000. I get a feeling as this story starts to circulate, they will go more and more. That'll go higher and higher. Uh, The construction firm said that the idea is to raise some money and keep going. 
and start paying the guys that have been working to build these tiny homes. Good news coming out of the ashes of the Lahaina fires in Maui. Congratulations, folks. Good news all around. Hey, I found this story really interesting, uh, especially as we talk more and more in the world about forever chemicals. Well, scientists at ETH in Zurich have discovered a way to use chicken feathers to manufacture a critical component for hydrogen fuel cells. Now, hydrogen fuel cells generate can generate both emission-free energy and portable fuel, similar to diesel. Uh, but at the moment, they're manufactured with what are known as forever chemicals. These are chemicals that are toxic in all quantities and don't biodegrade in any way. So they stick around forever. Uh, now, chickens are a huge part of the food supply, but they also come with about 40 million metric tons of feathers every year that have to be uh, incinerated. And that causes and produces more CO2 and other problematic gases as well. This is where the technology team comes in from the University of Singapore. Uh, they've come up with a solution of using the feathers instead of the chemicals, thereby sparing, sparing the environment both ends of the spectrum. Uh, what's happening is, now, these fuel cells, they create, uh, they create hydrogen fuel. They separate the hydrogen from the oxygen in water. And at the heart of the cell is a semi-permeable membrane that allows protons to pass through, leaving the, electrodes be the electrons behind. And those electrons escape via an external circuit from the negative charge anode to the positive charge cathode. Anybody with an electrical degree knows that that creates electricity. Uh, now, the chicken feathers are made up of 90% keratin, a protein that's also found in human hair and fingernails, that they then convert to an ultra-fine fibers called amyloid fibers, fibrils, and that's uh, by breaking down the feathers. Now, these fiber mem membranes can also be used to create pure hydrogen, which doesn't exist on Earth naturally, but what can be used like diesel fuel to power heavy machinery like planes and trains. In this case, a current is sent directly through the water as part of the method, method called electrolysis. Under conditions inside the fuel cell, oxygen this time escapes at the positive charged anode and leaves hydrogen to exit at the negative charge cathode. The membrane in this case allows protons to pass through even when it's pure water, which typically isn't conductive enough for electrolysis. Good news coming out of the forever chemical world and the world of chickens. Who would have thought? I sure didn't. Hey, folks, you know, we get a lot of our stories over at the goodnews.org, uh, goodnewsnetwork.org. We encourage you to head on over to their website when you get a chance and let them know that you uh, heard about them over on New Thought Media Network. All right, next up, British coal mines have become a surprising source of green energy, one of which has been ha uh, heating the town of Gateshead successfully for six months now. Now, the idea is to be able to replicate this in areas with extensively abandoned mine works and offer a kind of renewable redemption 
redemption for a nation with a long history of dirty energy. Don't see why this wouldn't work in America as well, folks. The Gateshead Council, uh, Council's Mind Water Project was launched in March of 2023 and now has a large central heat pump that provides low carbon heating to 350 high-rise buildings, an art gallery, a college, an industrial park, and several office buildings. Now, as oil and gas replaced coal, Britain's hundreds of mines of coal, uh, hundreds of miles of coal mining tunnels were gradually abandoned over the decades. They've been inundated with floodwaters that became heated by the Earth's core. Britain suddenly had a semi-natural occurring geothermal energy source and decided to try to, to harvest that. At certain depths, the mine water can sit at over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. The renewable energy use here involves pumping the water into home heat pumps, which further raises the temperature. The super hot mine water then heats the interior space and the home water supply. After the heat is expended, the water is sent back down to the mine where it's naturally reheated again. A huge advantage comes with this kind of heating, including the fact that the water isn't affected by the winter or the summer, and the water can also be used to cool homes when necessary. Gareth Farr, head of the Heat and Byproduct Innovation at the Coal Authority, told Euronews, recovering heat from mine water below the ground within abandoned coal mines provides an exciting opportunity to generate a low-carbon Secure supply of heat, benefiting people living or working in the buildings on the coal fields. The authority owns and manages the disused coal mining infrastructure on behalf of the UK government. Quote, with many millions of people living upon abandoned coal fields in Great Britain, the potential for mine water heat could be significant. I think it would absolutely be significant. Uh, I want to see this come to America, folks. I, I, I know it could work. I know we have tons. Uh, of space, uh, of old coal mines that could uh, do this same thing. Hey, here's another wow type of story. And recently in the news, you may have heard that here in America, uh, the uh, moratorium on student debt repayment has ended and student debt uh, loans are now expected, will now be expected to be paid again uh, starting this month. Well, in a very bold move, the Debt Collective has begun notifying graduates that their student loan balances are now reduced to zero with no strings attached. Now, what's happening here uh, is uh, Andrew Douglas, the man you see here, sees the opportunity to address the issue of student loan debt head on. He, he's inspired by the philanthropist Robert Smith's generous act of paying off the entire graduating class's debt of 2019 at Morehouse College. Now, over the course of two and a half years, Douglas collaborated with the Debt Collective, a union dedicated to advocating for debtors' rights. Together, they devised a plan to relieve nearly $10 million in student debt and the impact of this action is immense, providing graduates with newfound financial freedom. One example is Gerald Billups. Uh, he's one of the fortunate 2,800 recipients of this debt relief, and he no longer owes Morehouse College over $15,000. Originally, Billups said he couldn't believe the news and nearly hung up the phone <laughs> thinking it was a spam scam call. Now, the debt forgiveness does come at a crucial time as graduates are being expected to start repaying their student loans. 
The process of the debt relief was facilitated by the Rolling Jubilee Fund, where Morehouse College sold the debt to collectors for a fraction of its original value, only for the debt collective to erase it entirely. Importantly, this action doesn't involve any paperwork for those who graduated in the fall of 2022 or earlier, and some eligible accounts even date back to the 1990s. Douglas is said he is determined to extend this initiative to help students at other institutions and hopes for increased federal government support to alleviate the student debt crisis. This, oh my gosh, folks, I think this is a great way not only to pay it forward and to pay it back, but to really give back to those that are going to make a difference in creating a world that works for all. That's what we're all about here on the New Thought Media Network, supporting those initiatives that are going to help create a world that works for all. Hey, we need to take a real quick break. Let a couple of our donors and sponsors say hello. But I invite you, please don't go away. Stay tuned. We got a lot more good news coming up right after the break. We'll be right back here on the New Thought Media Network. Stay tuned. absolute truth. You are a gift, a blessing to the world, a way that the infinite love of God shines itself, shares itself, and expresses itself more fully in the world. You are a gift and a blessing. Please take that seriously. Take it as your honor. Take it as your opportunity to be a light that shines for others. Be that bright light of God's love that's the truth of who you are, and enjoy it, because you deserve it. back with more of the good news here on the New Thought Media Network. Thanks for joining us on a Friday evening. Folks, please do hit the like button, the share button, and the subscribe button. Let all your friends and family know what we're doing here on the New Thought Media Network. All right, back into the good news. Students in the Netherlands have designed a solar-powered SUV that doubles as a small camper van. Let's talk about van life. And it, uh, this is proof of the ultimate concept car for off-grid adventures in sunny climates. Driving over 620 miles across Morocco, the Stella Terra, as it's known, showed a variety of advantages over existing electric SUVs. Uh, the event manager said Morocco has a huge variety of landscapes and different surfaces in quite a short distance. On every type of surface that a car could, uh, like a car like this, could could encounter. The wide sloping roof has inbuilt solar panels that charge the electric batteries while the car is driving. 
This allowed the creators, students from Eidenhoven University of Technology, to shave off the weight of the battery packs, creating a lighter car that used less electricity to power. By shaving off weight wherever possible and crafting the Stella Terra's body panels to have an aerodynamic shape, the car is just over 2,600 pounds, about 25% less weight than similar electric SUVs. It also added up to a longer range of about 710 kilometers or 441 miles on roads and about 342 miles off-road, plus or minus 50 for cloudy or sunny weather. Uh, there is a little bit of, uh, of uh, fluctuation uh, there. Good work, folks. I love it. An SUV that's totally powered by the sun. Let's do, let the adventures begin. Speaking of adventures, oh my gosh. Heyman Bekele is a ninth grader at W.T. Woodson High School in Annandale, Virginia. He was recently awarded a $25,000 grand prize as the winner of the 2023 3M Young Scientist Challenge. He created, uh, with an, he created a melanoma treatment in the form of a bar of soap. Just by using the soap, you're able to treat melanoma. As the winner of the nation's premier middle school science contest, which is now in its 16th year, uh, Bekele has been accorded the prestigious title of America's top young scientist. He explained that his work was spurred on by discovering the recovery rate in melanoma in the U.S. compared to sub-Saharan Africa. In the U.S., it's 99%. In sub-Saharan Africa, it's only 20%. He combined simple compounds in the soap that kept costs low, and he also was able to create a, pro a product that stimulated the activity of dendritic cells, which act as protectors of skin cells. The need for scientists and innovators to develop solutions for the world's biggest challenges has never been greater. This year's Young Scientist Challenge finalists have de demonstrated the skills that required to reimagine what's possible. Intelligence, curiosity, collaboration, and resilience. That's John Banavets, Executive Vice President and Chief Technology Officer over at 3M. Uh, skin cancer is the most common cancer in the United States with an annual treatment cost of $8.1 billion. Uh, inspired by this costly and widespread health issue, Hammond developed an affordable soap solution that could positively impact skin cancer outcomes. Over the next five years, he hopes to refine this innovation and create a nonprofit organization that will distribute this low-cost solution to communities in need. Thank you, young man. What a great story. You know, folks, this is what it's going to take to keep moving forward and to create a world that works for all is young, innovative minds bringing forward new ideas. Hey, those familiar with the New Thought Media Network know that we love to focus on conservation stories. And our next one is, is a great story. The Philippine spotted deer, which is what you're seeing here, is one of the world's rarest animals. And has been born, and a new uh, a new deer has been born to the light of conservations conservationists at Chester Zoo in England. Now they have a special breeding program, and they're saying that this birth is said to provide a much needed boost to an ultra rare species classified as highly endangered in the wild. 
The conservation efforts between zoos and Europe set up at the request of the Philippine government to ensure future survival of the species. After eagerly awaiting over 200 days for his arrival, it was a huge relief when we saw a little bundle of fur curled up next to the mama deer. That's Emma Weissen, the team manager at the zoo. There are currently less than 300 of these animals in the wild. This is a great step forward, scientists say, to help preserve the species and expand the species in the wild as well. And speaking of wild, oh my gosh, golly, let's talk about wildcats. A recent generation of, capti of captive-bred Scottish wildcats uh, were recently released into a national park, and they are thriving in their natural habitat. The Saving the Wildcats project was in charge of the release that saw 19 wildcats re-enter the wild this summer. They're being tracked by GPS collars. Now, these are solitary hunting cats. They do have a high mortality rate in the winter. However, not all of the cats are expected to survive. In fact, one has already made its transition due to an infection. However, the breeding and reintroduction program, which is supported by the Royal Zoological Society of Scotland, Nature Scott, Forestry and Land Scotland, and the Carnegorms National Park Authority, has, has another 13 kittens growing in captivity uh, that are scheduled for future release in as well. The time is now to give the Highland Tiger the best chance of survival. And I'm thankful for the work our team members, partners, and supporters in making this happen. That was David Field of the Saving Wildcats in June when the first reintroductions took place. If you uh, happen to visit the Highlands, uh, you might glimpse one of these, these feline in the wild, but are urged not to share the location of the sighting. Folks, we're going to take another real quick break. Say thank you to some of our organizational sponsors and individual donors. However, don't go away because we've got another segment and a bunch more and good news stories, including this week's Hero of the Week. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. Please help us say thank you to our organizational sponsors, including the Hefferlin Foundation, Affiliated New Thought Network, International New Thought Alliance, Science of Mind Archives and Library Foundation, Center for Spiritual Living Denver, Center for Spiritual Living Midtown, New Thought Philadelphia, Planned Happiness Institute, Summit Center for Spiritual Living, One Heart Retreats, Center for Spiritual Living on the Lake, Unity Spiritual Center, Kitchener. Ohm Center for Spiritual Living, La Mesa. Satya Center. Center for Spiritual Living, North Jersey. Unity of Savannah. And Center for Spiritual Living, Seattle. As well as all of our individual donors. Thank you for making New Thought Media Network a place to be. Please come be you. And remember, like, share, and subscribe. New Thought Media Network, positively inspiring. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you to all of our organizational sponsors and individual donors. It is thanks to folks like you that may allow us to take this mighty message of new thought out into the world and share the good news each and every week. 
you'd like to become part of our committed giving program, please head on over to the website, ntmedia.org. Click on that donate button and make it a monthly recurring donation. We'll add you to our next thank you video. All right. Into our final segment. Now, most people here know we love to focus on the human interest stories. And today is no different. I want to introduce you to a young man named Toby. Now, Toby lives in New Jersey and he has triumphed over sickle cell anemia thanks to an extraordinary medical breakthrough. Uh, Toby is now five years old and he hails from Hawthorne, New Jersey. He owns his newfound medical help to his younger brother, brother Quasi, Quasi, excuse me, um, and who he says is his, fav- his savior. Their father, Falu, expressed profound gratitude, saying he definitely changed his life. He definitely saved his life. Toby's battle with sickle cell anemia began when he was not even a year old, and at that time, the condition was widely perceived as incurable. However, the family discovered a ray of hope in the form of a curative therapy involving a bone marrow transplant, and you know where we're going, the ideal donor being none other than his younger sibling, Quasi. In a remarkable turn of events, just a year after receiving the life-changing bone marrow transplant from his one-year-old brother, Toby was officially declared free from the grips of sickle cell anemia. Right on, folks. Good work in the medical profession, in the medical world, and great news for this young family. Hey, we normally do our Hero of the Week this week, but we've got two. Allow me to introduce you to a heartwarming story that recently happened in Newberry County, uh, South Carolina. Uh, What happened is a young girl was uh, with her mother around, was last seen at around 3 p.m. in an afternoon. Uh, However, she disappeared and a remarkable chain of events took place. Later that evening, around 6 p.m., A local hunter heard uh, cries for help, uh, was unable to locate the young girl, but was able to contact the Newberry County 911. They alerted authorities to a rough location. Nine of the 911 operators sprang into action and started using an advanced mapping technology to pin the coordinates provided from the hunter's phone. This information was then transmitted to the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division helicopter. The helicopter and county's dedicated first responders were en route uh, pretty much immediately. Now, with the location data in hand, a search team was quickly dispatched to the wooded area. Uh, The young girl was over a mile away from her home, but they were able to reunite her with her family later that evening. The child was transported to uh, medical facilities via ambulance, uh, making sure she was okay. She was in great, surprisingly good shape. Uh, Her only complaints were that she was tired, thirsty, and uh, was very afraid of what was going to happen. In a statement, the sheriff's office conveyed their relief at the safe recovery of the two-year-old, emphasizing this was truly a miraculous find that brought an enormous sense of relief to the family and the entire community. 
Everyone involved wished to remain anonymous, and due to the age of the young girl, her name was not released by authorities. But hey, this isn't our only hero of the week. We've got more. It's said that not all heroes wear capes. Well, that is true. And in this case, Raquel Radford Baker, she drives the school bus. Baker is a veteran driver for the Dallas Independent School District. She was on a routine route for the kids of Segoville North Elementary School when one of them, a seven-year-old boy, began to choke. First grader Preston motioned to Baker that he needed help. Surveillance ca cameras on the bus confirm uh, that he had swallowed something just a moment before. Now, Baker, thinking that he needed to throw up, opened the bus door and told him to let it go. Uh, but Preston gest gestured that he was in bigger trouble. Baker then saw the correction that was needed, took Preston off the bus, performed the Heilig maneuver in time, and saved the young boy's life. Preston calls her his hero and a bus stop angel. Recently, Preston's mother, Gia, and Baker were able to meet for the first time since the incident, uh, and there were tears all around. Thank you so much, Raquel, for being our Hero of the Week. And I want to thank you folks for being here on New Thought Media Network with us this evening. It's always a pleasure to bring you these reminders of how we are all creating a world that works better for everyone. We're going to get out of here for now, but please stay tuned. Reverend Pastor Michael Mangus is up next at the top of the hour with our fireside chat. And of course, our evening prayers at 8.15. We'll be back tomorrow morning with the Saturday morning Science of Mind and Spirit Conversation Series. Always a great program, so plan to join us for that as well. Until next time, I want to wish you peace and richest blessings. Bye now.